Hi everybody, welcome to a new episode of Two Drunk Fans. We know it's been a little while since we last recorded, but it was our off-season two. Gab, what are you drinking? I am drinking an original apple cider, Square Mile Cider Co. An original apple? Like, is it from the Garden of Eden? Like, are you? I have no to... idea. That's just what they put on their label. Are it's you... also called Pure PNW. Okay, so you're not going to suddenly notice, like, you know, feel shame and stuff instead of existing in a state of pure innocence anymore? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I'll I'll let you know if uh if if my feelings change as I consume it. Right. Um, it's Friday night. The feelings right. What are you drinking? I was drinking actually a chai latte because. I broke my rule for you. I don't drink caffeine after lunch, basically. But I was just drooping so badly. It was like six or seven. I was like, I, I don't think I'm going to make it because we're recording, you know, it's later in the night on Friday. So I had caffeine for you, which means I'm fucked and I'm probably <laughs> not going to fall asleep until tomorrow morning around 7 a.m. You better have plans tonight. When do I ever have plans on Friday? I don't, I'm not a Friday plans kind of person. Is this, these are your Friday plans, aren't they? This was my Friday plan, yes. <laughs> All right, well, let's have a blast. All right. <clears throat> Name your sex tape. So, most recent <laughs> thing that happened with the national team, the whole team, not just one player, She Believes. Did you watch She Believes? <laughs> uh, I, I watched one half of a She Believes match. I watched the... Second half of the United States versus France. I was in L.A. that day for, I was catching the Timbers play. Oh, what did you think? So my overall thoughts on the She Believes tournament, I was shocked that we only scored one goal a game. Really? You were shocked? Well, so I'm shocked because I feel like that's where we have historically always been the weakest. Mm-hmm. And part of the calling up new kids and giving fresh blood a chance and yada, 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 I was kind of hoping that I, I, I was just I was hoping for more, more fireworks, more um, of that little something special, like more for like a breakout player or something like that. And so I, I don't know. I the highlights, like I've seen all the highlights and stuff like that. I'm still pretty much in my U.S. soccer uh, blackout, blackout, um, on purpose. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I guess I, I just thought it was a little lackluster. What, what did you think? You probably watched every match, didn't you? Yes, I was obligated to watch every match. Um, I also went to Red Bull to watch USA France. Ooh, it, how was that? It was cold as a witch's teat like again you were at the match i was watching yeah i was there you must have i didn't even put that together you you tuned in to see your best pal i must have i didn't even realize um it wasn't as bad as last year at red bull which has an outdoor press area like an outdoor press area in the northeast that fucking sucks but at least it wasn't quite as bad so last year it was so cold, I at one point took out my phone, which had like about 70-80% battery. I put it down, and when I looked down at it, it was at 17% a few minutes later. Like, it was so intensely cold, that's what it did to the battery. That's ridiculous. Yeah. This time, it was like, 
with gloves, a jacket, and a hat, it was survivable. I feel like you always go to the really, really, really cold U.S. soccer matches, though. Yeah, I guess I do. Why huh. Why don't you go to the ones where we just sweat buckets? Uh, because... Like L.A. Have you ever been to an L.A. LA match? Yes, I have, I think. I've... Because I vividly remember going out to StubHub Center and interviewing national team players for during winter camp last year. Well, winter camp? Yeah, but that was before... Oh, <laughs> that wasn't for a game. That was for the NWSL draft last year. <laughs> that was, was the NWSL draft in LA last year? Yeah, the NSCAA convention before they became USC was in Los Angeles last year. Oh, I always think that... I always thought that they were in Philly. No, they it rotates between cities. Oh, it's been oh, like, look at me! I've been paying attention. Mm-hmm, it's been in like Baltimore, Philly. I think it's gonna be in Chicago, maybe. I don't know. Chicago, Chicago, where Chicago. I will eventually, I'll eventually make my way over there. I might try to head there this season. Of course you would. Of yeah. course you would. Yeah. To Chicago. To Chicago. Although maybe not for a Red Stars game. We'll see uh, what city's Tournament of Nations ends up in, but. Anyway, she believes the other big tournament that already happened. <laughs> she We're gonna. This is gonna be the shortest episode ever. Uh, USA Germany. We won one nothing, but that game was like such a wash because the weather was so shitty. It was so shitty. Also, Germany was shitty the entire tournament. It was so shitty. Steffi Graf got fired. Not Steffi Graf. It was so <laughs> shitty. <laughs> wow, nineties flashback. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait, when did a tennis player It was so start bad. Coaching the An German unrelated German got fired. <coughs> um, it was so bad, Steffi Jones got fired after she believes. I mean, it's been building for a while. She got Tom Sermonied. Oh, no, I don't think she got Sermonied. It wasn't unexpected. I think this was her last chance. Oh, well, I mean, I just, I want somebody else to get treated the way he got treated, so I feel less <laughs> bad about the way he got treated. See, Tom, someone else suffered, too. You can share <laughs> the negativity, the load between you. I mean, yes. Yeah, what I love is I don't think he cares. No, I don't think he cares either. Not anymore. Yeah, right? Like, I think he's he's over it. Um, He's in a healthier situation now. Uh, USA-France, 1-1 draw. I thought this game should have been winnable, but somehow it wasn't. And then USA-England, 1-0 win. Yeah, I think you were right. I, I was expecting someone to stand out from this tournament. And someone kind of did. I thought Tierna Davidson really made a case for herself. Really? But yeah, I, I think she did. Um, I think a lot going into this, a lot of people were like, oh, is Tierna Davidson going to be okay? She's going to have to you know, look to Abby Dahlkemper, who's the senior center back in this situation. But Dahlkemper was just you know, uneven. And consistency is so important to a center back, right? You cannot be off and on in that position uh-huh. but davidson was was pretty steady she made some mistakes that a 19 year old player this was like her second third fourth cap i think two three four she's had she's in the single digit of caps of course she's going to make some mistakes but she played like someone who's had a lot more experience so you know pretty good um other than that there are a couple players where it's like oh there's some potential here but you know, players you thought would maybe step up and stand out. Andy Sullivan, Morgan Bryan. Mm-mm. Our midfield was a disaster. Yeah. Uh, that was the match where Casey Short, or in the France game, uh, that's where Casey Short 
did something to her ankle, right? Yes, I believe so. Uh, that was because Taylor Smith got subbed out in the 43rd minute. Um, Why? Well, in the presser afterwards, Joel Ellis was basically said, um, I should have subbed her out 10 minutes earlier. It was a tactical thing. It wasn't because she was injured. She just pulled Taylor Smith because she wasn't performing. Okay. In the 43rd minute, which that's got to be a little bit of a head fuck, right? Right. Subs in Casey Short, and yeah, in the second half, Short injures herself, has to come out, so... Why not let Taylor Smith finish out the half? It's literally the 43rd minute. There's another five minutes left at most. Unless, and I don't think she was such a liability that in those five minutes, they were going to cough up, you know, some horrible goal. But I, I do like that Jill is trying to let us see her tactics. I guess so. She's like, I have tactics. They may not be good, but I have purpose. There's... That's- that's, There's a method to our madness. That's it. That's Jill Ellis, the whole that's, summary. That's what she does. Watch out. Watch <laughs> out, France. Watch out. 2019, comes. we're coming for you. Yeah, so Taylor Smith didn't really cover herself in glory this tournament. I think she's going to put her nose back to the grindstone in NWSL because that's how she kind of got noticed in the first place. So, you know, she'll, she'll hopefully go back and... Um, kind of work on the elements of her game that were lacking against France, hopefully. Because uh-huh. I really like Taylor Smith. I love her engine. Um, she's a great 90-minute player, I think, at least at the club level right now. But, yeah, we got exposed in the lack of depth with our our fullbacks, I think, and we got exposed in Jill not really knowing how to set up our midfield. Again. Story Story of our life. Next big tournament is going to be Tournament of Nations this coming summer, like July, August, I want to say. That's when we get to take our summer vacation. Yeah. I think that'll be, that's what, Brazil, Japan, Australia? Yeah. Yeah. And we've got friendlies before that, but Tournament of Nations will be the next big test because that'll be right before World Cup qualifiers in October. So that'll be the last chance to really impress. Speaking of press. Speaking of press. Oh my god. Okay. How do you wow. Feel, how do you feel about this? Un, un, unwrap this for me. Un, okay. If you've been under a rock or just hibernating this winter, who could blame you? Kristen Press, you'll remember that big trade that went down literally minutes before the college draft is supposed to start in January. Three-way trade. Um, there are more pieces. Unnamed to- players all over the place. Yeah. The main pieces are, it was a little triangle move. Kylie Lloyd gets to leave Houston for Sky Blue. Sam Kerr gets to leave Sky Blue for Chicago. And Press has to leave Chicago for Houston. Lloyd, Kerr, and Press all wanted out from their teams. They wanted to leave. Lloyd and Kerr got to go, I think, pretty much to the places they wanted. Lloyd especially. She definitely wanted to go to Sky Blue. But Kristen Press didn't want to go to Houston and literally, like, the minutes after the trade was announced, I think everybody lit up Twitter like, she's really not she's not going to end up at Houston. And then now, with press refusing to report for preseason for Houston, all these other details are coming out about how Houston, you know, flew her out to try and change her mind. She was like, thanks for the hospitality, but no thanks. How um she might have had a trade to Utah in the works, but by the time she agreed to it, Utah didn't have the same pieces anymore so they weren't in place to trade for her and then crazily enough Sunil Gulati after I believe he was no longer president because after the election 
he tried to play middleman or just, I don't know, was talking to his friend Kristen Press and was like, why didn't you stick in Houston for the 2018 season? And then in 2019, you can try for a trade to LAFC if LAFC... Was it even try for a trade? Like, it sounded... It sounded like to me that they basically said, look, Houston for one year and then LAFC. The crazy thing is, though, Sunil Gulati has no authority to make that happen. Like, unless he... Absolutely. Unless he, you know, texts his friend Carlos Cordero and is like, hey, I need a favor, even though we probably hate each other now. So now we're in, like, present day. Press doesn't want to go to Houston. Houston can't unload her rights because everyone knows she doesn't want to play for them. So, you know, Houston can't be like, you know, you need to give us a national team player like value for value. So press apparently might go back to Sweden. She needs to go where she's she wants to be at this point. At this point, Houston, she's made it clear she doesn't want to be in Houston. At this point, she um, she's. She can't be a free agent. That's not the way this works. I mean, we saw this with Carly Lloyd. We see this all the time. The players are going to protest until they get what they want. Sydney LaRue, I mean, if we think back two or three years ago, Sydney LaRue was in Seattle, at, wanted to get traded to Kansas City. Laura Harvey traded her to Rochester. And Sydney LaRue, well, granted, I believe that's the year she got pregnant. But she didn't play at Rochester once. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not new. No, it's not new at all. It's just that this time, Houston really fucked up with the trade. And so it's it's exposed so many of the weaknesses in the way that U.S. soccer and NWSL's relationship is set up. Which, I want to stress, is not Kristen Press's fault. I'm, like, pro-labor. I'm pro-player. I think players should have freedom of movement as much as possible. With while acknowledging there are a lot of factors here because it's not, you know, with players in the league, they don't exist in, in a, in this like perfect vacuum where everything, where all things are equal. Like the league is struggling. There are certain realities of, there's certain realities to being a national team player, but at the same time, you know, you have so few years to be at the peak of your career it's it's also not super fair to be like, well, you could have made, you know, six figures at the peak of your career over in France or whatever, but we made you stay here. Well, and I mean, U.S. soccer steps in this all the time, all the time. Look at the careers of Sarah Hagen, Amber Brooks, Yale Averbush, who were doing just fine over in Europe. And then uh u.s soccer told them hey we're actually gonna need you to play in this domestic league if you want to shot the national team Mm, yeah i I agree with you mostly there on the on the other hand i do think those players they had to have been realistic about their chances and they weighed the options and were like okay even if it's like a five percent chance i need to take it but i do agree with you that it is kind of shitty that they can't play where they want in an environment that they find is conducive to helping them play to the best of their ability. But there's this now thumb on the scale pressing down, adding increased pressure that's like, okay, I have to go back to America. Right. Right. And, and it's, you know, you, the worst case scenario here is press actually sits out a year. 
which she she can't. She absolutely cannot. Tony, if she does, then she's not going to the World Cup. Like right. So so that is absolutely worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. So now she's stuck between a rock and a hard place of well, you can't play anywhere in the United States because right. of your rights. Right. And now you have no value to Houston. It's it's a horrible spot. It's a horrible business position to be in. And I see a lot of people suggesting, well, she she makes a ton of money with the U.S. Women's National Team. Like, she has it so much better than just NWSL players. But I'm like, just because it's relatively better doesn't mean it's actually good or fair, you know? And it doesn't mean that you have to then live a year somewhere you don't actually want to be. Like, every every sports league and every every sports league and every player is tied to a team in some way, shape, or form. But every individual person has personal choice. I think if Press gave in and played at Houston, she'd be professional about it. But at the same time, the back of everyone's mind, how does it help team unity? You see this player coming in. You know she doesn't want to be there. She knows that she doesn't want to be there. That can't be 100% mentally healthy. And... We all know that in sports psychology, those percentages, those little percentages can be so important. The The fans know that she's not sticking around either. They know that she's going to be there for one season and then immediately after the season's over, she's going to be agitating for another trade. So it, it's, I don't, I don't see why she shouldn't say, no, I don't want to get trapped in this situation. I want to get to the best possible place for me now. I mean, no one else is going to advocate for that. So Kristen Press has to advocate for Kristen Press. Well, and you just got burned by Chicago. Yeah. So now you might not have much faith in the league, other teams. And who's advocating for you? Is Houston? No, no, they are not. Like, you have no advocates at this point in time. I mean, she has an agent now, obviously. Who's well, yeah, but... but- but, I mean, the agent is going to be shopping for the best deal. Yeah. And that was all wild, too, where Houston was like, no, we didn't contact her because we thought league anti-tampering rules prevented us from speaking directly to her. And the league was like, no, actually, the the rules say that you can ask for permission to contact the player and talk to her. But Houston somehow didn't know that. So they relied on secondhand reports. And Chicago says... Or like the reports say that Chicago says that they reassured Houston that Press would come play for them. And then Press was like, did any, no, nobody asked me what I was going to say. That's, that's how it seems to have gone. And that even more is exposing like the cracks in the league and how it's structured. Yeah. The lesson I take from that is not anything about like, Press's communication skills or whatever. The, the lesson I take from that is that clubs don't know their own league rules and the league is, or the league is not communicating them clearly enough for the clubs to know. Like, Well, we still have a league that has like a dozen person front office. Yeah. You know, stuff happens after the fact too often. So, Unfortunately, it's up to players, fans, and, you know, sponsors to help shape this thing. Sponsors, that's something that the league needs more of desperately, but before they really Sponsors, a commissioner, you know, the small details. Just start with the commissioner, maybe, before we go jumping for sponsors. It's like, hey, who are we going to deal with? Um, Here's Amanda Duffy. She's not the commissioner. She's acting as the commissioner, 
she's technically operations director, but yeah, that's a great look. I'm just going to the website now to see who are the sponsors. Oh, same as last year. Yeah. Cutter, Nike, Thorn, and Lifetime. Mm-hmm. And Lifetime is, we'll see how they handle this season, but I think in season one, they demonstrated very clearly that they didn't understand they bought into a sports property. I think they yes. thought they were essentially adding a TV show called NWSL to their lineup. Yeah. Yeah, I got that feeling as well. Mm-hmm. So excited to see what comes with year two. Year two, yay. Yeah, I hope press ends up where somewhere that's beneficial to her and her career and, you know, that ends up with her making the national team roster for Tournament of Nations and World Cup qualifiers and stuff because I, yeah. I still believe in her as a forward. Do you, do you believe? Do you believe that? I'm not going to fall into that trap. I'm walking around your, like, pit <laughs> with stakes at the bottom covered with leaves. I'm going right around it. Good. Good. You've been trained well. <laughs> Thank you. That that chai is really helping you. Thanks. Alert. Very alert. <laughs> You're not falling into any of my traps tonight. Damn it. So, uh, other stuff happened in NWSL preseason as well, I guess. Um, the salary cap went up, but who cares about that, right? Right. Nobody cares. Nobody cares that there aren't, you know, un, unpaid amateurs anymore. Yeah. Nobody cares. I I was pleasantly surprised. Not like big pleasantly surprised, but, you know, ple- still pleasantly surprised. Salary cap went up from three hundred fifteen to 350000 for an 18 to 20 player roster. Uh, uh-huh. There's a new minimum. It went from fifteen to fifteen seven fifty, I want to say, and then uh-huh. max went up again, and it's forty four thousand. Uh, I think it went up more on the maximum end than it did on the minimum end, and I'm not sure how much I like that. On the other, so here's one mitigating factor that I think kind of helps with this, which is how many players are actually making maximum salary versus how many are actually making minimum salary. So even though maximum salary went up more than minimum salary did the players who actually make forty four thousand dollars there can't be more than one or two of them on a team anyway right so it's not like you know half the team is you know getting more of a jump than the other half of the team but yeah i think they should be focusing a little more on taking care of the bottom end on their bottoms taking care of bottoms is very important i'm okay with the changes that they've made, I think the players' union um, is gonna is gonna have a real impact on that lower number. Yeah, I I think that that's something that they can attack and they can attack with everything they've got. Because let's say so, preseason started in early March. So March. April, May, June, July, August, September, fifteen seven fifty, at seven months. That's that's twenty two fifty a month. Now it's not you're not rolling in it, Mm-mm. but you can live on that. But you can live on that, Especially- and and hopefully all of the players making on that bottom end are also receiving. Maybe those are the players who have uh, host families. Well, you, you have to remember, NWSL teams also have, um, uh, the, it's called the Permitted Team Assistance Cap. 
and yes. um to it helps cover housing and auto expenses so people need to remember that there's there's also some other stuff to help players out beyond the, the actual salary i mean i'm not right. saying be happy with what you got obviously keep pushing for more but it's gone up from it's gone from below the poverty, poverty line, line to actually something that you can manage yeah and and i think i think every year we're seeing the positive increase we're in, going into year 6 this number started at $6,000 $7,000 something like that so it is it it's moving in the right direction the year that i'm concerned is the year that we don't see movement at all right and in a year where a team folded and we're actually back down to 9 this is a positive move this is still indicative of a healthy lead that is looking to continue to do right. Yeah. I I really worry. Like, can Sky Blue, for example, keep up with this increase? So it's only a, what, um, a $35,000 increase in the cap? Yeah. So if $35,000 is going to kill your, your team in terms of expenses, then you weren't you weren't going to make it anyway, obviously, but I, I do work because eventually this cap is going to go 400, 450, 500. Once we're approaching half million in salary cap, can a team like Sky Blue afford it? Because they still haven't broken 3000 in average attendance. Who's backing Sky Blue though? How, what type of pressure is being put on that ownership group or is that ownership group just okay continuing to, to lose money? I mean, we've heard, we've had, uh, interviews with the Predmores, uh, with Bill Predmore, who he basically says, yeah, I know I'm not going to, I'm not going to make revenue on this, but it's the right thing to do. It's, this is, this is what I'm invested into. And, and I'm, I'm a realist. I don't know. That's the question, isn't it? If anybody it has is. a direct line to the governor's office in New Jersey. <laughs> did, did he have to divest? We still, do we know. do that in this country now? I think we, we asked that like a month ago. And we were like, no, of course not. You don't have to separate politics and your personal finances. Not in this country. Not in this country. We don't do that anymore. Yeah. That's that's a, an executive order. That was an executive <laughs> order like nine months ago. Oh. Yeah. So, you know, but then we also hear the big names being thrown out there like LAFC. Uh, I think the cat cat was out of the bag when the whole uh press thing was was circulating earlier this week and uh sunil mentioned you know one year in houston then you go to lafc it's like oh well okay there we go we know who's getting the next team mia ham i think mia ham really wants women's team like she really wants a women's team when lafc you know launches and stuff so well lafc is in their first year right now so and their stadium is going to be open, uh, I believe, in May. So, rem- you know, hopefully. And remember, Amanda Duffy at the draft was talking about, you know, they they believe in, in the West Coast as a market, and they want to develop that West Coast market. Not that, you know, you can never really accept anything that the league says at face value. Uh-huh. Um, especially when it comes to any kind of future plans. But, yeah. I think we've, I, I think there's strong suspicion, at least, that LA's on the table. Oh, I mean, yeah. It's if got, if you didn't be. think LA was on the table, you're you're paying even less attention than it's we It's gotta are. be. You can't have me and I, Ham in an ownership group and then not have that 
team also invest in women's soccer. You just can't. That was that was what we learned when LAFC was announced. Ugh. Like that's what I got out of that press conference when yeah. when it was like fifty two celebrities and investing in this Hollywood soccer team in Los Angeles, and I was like, oh, so they're gonna get the next women's team. Got it. Yeah, that'll make for a nice little um, run up the coast so that you can just hop LA, Portland. Seattle, maybe Vancouver. I oh, trust God. that. Get away from I me. trust that zero percent though. Any report about the Whitecaps having an individual team? Don't trust that I, at all. Yeah, okay. I just maybe maybe I'm a harsh critic, and burn me once, shame on me. But oh my God, like if they go down the Whitecaps road again, yeah, because they've treated women so well, you know, in the past. Exactly. It was horrible, yeah. and and I just I, I it's laughable to me that the Whitecaps can even sit at the table talking about getting an NWSL team. I'm like, okay, you're gonna have to clean house. I want to see what the facilities are gonna look like. I want to see what the marketing materials. Have. I want to hear how you're communicating internally about these players and about the the other players. And I want this to be a professional environment. You don't get to get another women's team to just be your tight clothing fitted marketing for the men's team. Yeah. Yeah. Like Whitecaps did it wrong. They, they had a chance. They did it wrong. And now I get super pissed anytime anybody says oh yeah vancouver's gonna get a team i'm like well fuck this if nobody was paying attention back in the early 2000s then screw it if christine sinclair is gonna leave portland and you know she would feel a heavy obligation to go to a vancouver team you know whether or not she ended up going she would at least feel a heavy obligation if christine sinclair has to leave portland then it had better be for someone who's running their ship right she better go up there and run the ship like i'm only gonna trust it if she's running it or if like um any of well not any i take it back not any national teamer but if they got like a good crew going i i would i would feel a little bit better but i i it makes my skin crawl that they're even in contention that they're even a topic of conversation it's like unless you have like diana matheson and carmelina moscato literally hanging over your shoulder watching your every move i trust you none Mm, let's not think about that right now. That's too fucking depressing. I got worked up. I got super worked oh, up just I should now. Not so have I'm gonna that. I'm gonna drink a little cider. What are we talking about next? Um, do you want to talk about this dumb new idea from FIFA? Yes. Okay. So New York Times reports Gianni Infantino, current uh, FIFA president, is trying to make a new women's tournament happen. It would be yearly. Um, it would probably start 2020, although the article says maybe it could go as early as November 2019. Essentially, it's a 16-team international tournament played every year, um, and there would be four regional leagues for lower-ranked teams with a pro-rel system in place, and it would just be another major tournament with FIBA's name slapped on it. And I think this is a grab for votes by Infantino as he's running for a re-election because he can promise, you know, some of these countries that have developing women's teams, like I can promise you the ability to host a major FIFA event, you know, the prestige and stuff. 
and um and you know maybe make a little bit of cash as well depending on how they arrange a broadcast deal and the marketing but i don't think he actually really cares about you know boosting the visibility of the global women's game and i don't think he cares about actually investing into the infrastructure of of women's teams and federations that don't pay attention to their women i really don't the thing that drives me the most insane about this is that teams could begin playing as early as November 2019. Like, they don't have something better to do in July of 2019. Exactly. Exactly. Like, these teams will have already gone through their most premier tournament four months earlier, and you want them to just turn around and be show ponies for FIFA? Yeah, in November. Also, 2020 Olympic year as well. So yeah, who is going to give a fuck about this tournament in November 2019? No one. Like part of me is saying, is this the way FIFA's going to try to make the Olympics a U23 tournament as well? If if he had been like, this will be a tournament that happens in the year after the Olympics and it'll happen every four years, maybe I'd be down with that actually. But or in the in the two years that offset. The World Cup and the Olympics. Yeah, in yeah, in both of those years. Why not? Why not? Um, as long as we're just you know inventing tournaments that we want to have, because as we've seen, the United States kind of pretty successfully has made their own little mini tournaments with She Believes and Tournament of Nations. I think they're they're making a decent chunk of change off of those. So FIFA was like, hmm, you can make money by creating tournaments for women and then promoting them. Interesting. Well, don't go don't get ahead of yourself. I don't know if they would promote them. They they'd have to. They'd have to because if they made a brand new yearly tournament like and he's playing off the hype to get elected and then he just lets it die, that sounds very plausible actually. Uh yeah. And and then FIFA pants it off to the host country and say, "Okay, now you get to market it." Yeah. You get to promote it. You get to own the actual costs associated with this. But we're going to take our fee because you're using the FIFA logo. Here you go, Papua New Guinea. Um, It's up to you to get the top 16 ranked teams in FIFA into your country, organize a tournament with them over the course of two to three weeks, um, you know, and make sure you have infrastructure in place to broadcast all this shit. And promote it. Yeah, and promote it. And we're anticipating a certain amount of revenue to return back to FIFA headquarters mm-hmm. at the end of this. Mm-hmm. Another person I trust zero with the women's game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, th- the thing is, so many people have pointed out, well, then why don't you just invest in women's leagues in some of these lower ranked countries? Because the thing that builds a national team is infrastructure. Otherwise, you're just going to have you know, federations who assemble a senior team, maybe keep them in residency, but don't actually have U23s, U20s, academies, you know, talent scouts to pick out the the kids in that 13, 14 age range. They're not going to have any of that. It's this catch-22 of FIFA is supposed to be building the game for men and women, and it's exactly what we get back to when we say, what has FIFA spent their money on? Here, like, there's plenty of ideas that don't even require money from, all that much money from FIFA, where 
so like for example um if you want to host any event men's or women's your fa has to demonstrate that it that it spent money equitably on men's and women's teams like from the senior all the way down through the youth structure like why not why not enforce things through the structure of what you already have in place so the article does mention that some of fifa's financing requirements for federations does require them to operate a women's program but operate a women's program can mean a lot of things like uh -huh. they need to mandate like if you spend for example 50 million dollars a year on your on your men's team um you have to spend at least 10 million dollars 10 million a year on your women's team ideally i would like them to say literally you have to spend the exact same amount of money on both but i know realistically it's more like all right whatever your men's budget is you have to spend 25 30 percent on your women's program at least in order to qualify yeah, FIFA, all this shit. Yeah, FIFA, you, you, like, FIFA is a good 40 years away from something like that, though. Mm, like, FIFA is so ass-backwards that U.S. soccer is, like, way closer to that than FIFA will be. I, I'm an optimist. I'll say they're, like, 25 years oh, away from that. T today, 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 you're an optimist. Yeah. I'm an optimist all the time. Come on. What? I'm still able to feel happiness after the Boston Breakers folded. Yeah, I'm an optimist. It's been long enough. It won't have been, like, five years from now, it won't have been long enough. I know. I'm just, I was trying to be snarky and it came off as mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can't be mean to me right now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. I'm sorry. <sighs> yeah, I, I think this is uh, an ill-conceived idea. Uh, it's it's still new, so there's not a ton of details yet. So maybe Infantino will come up with some shit that'll make this more palatable. But honestly, I think there's better ways to achieve, you know, his quote unquote goal. Because I don't think he actually cares about women's soccer. It's just mm -hmm. it's him talking up a way to 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 push something shiny towards voters. I, the, I do. I don't like any part of it. The, the pro-rel stuff where you have four regional leagues and the, the top teams can move in and out of the top 16, I really don't think you'd see much movement. That's how you see corruption. Maybe you'd see a country give it a go, but the kind of long-term infrastructure investment required to really generate a competitive women's program? Mmm... It requires so much buy-in from the Federation. Not just financially, but, like, emotionally. I'm a pessimist about this, I guess. <laughs> That's alright. Why Why not help promote an existing tournament, like Algarve? Or Cyprus? Because, because they're not recognized, right? Isn't Algarve and Cyprus, aren't they... They don't count towards your FIFA rankings because they're not, like, sanctioned or something. Yeah, but, like... Here's a tournament where they already have basically everything in place. All you have to do is slap FIFA on it, throw in a little bit of money for marketing, and you don't have to go through all this rigmarole with creating a brand new international league. Or I'm pretty fucking... sure it's the exact opposite, though, right? Like, the leagues have to... The, the tournament has to slap money onto FIFA. In order to get the FIFA sanctioning? Yeah. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, if FIFA wants... If FIFA truly wanted a yearly yes. women's tournament, then they would just 
help promote Algarve or Cypress, but they're not. Algarve, Cypress, she believes there's that one down in uh, Australia or what's what's the one for Four Nations or something like that. Uh, there's one there's one over in the South Pacific somewhere. China? That's not South Pacific. Here it is. Um, Four Nation Women's Soccer Tournament uh, in China. Yeah, see? So it was China, Brazil, North Korea, Mexico, actually. In Yangshuan. Oh, the United States actually used to go to this a long time ago. If FIFA really cared, they would listen to what women are actually already doing. But they're not. So Gianni Infantino can kiss my butt. I'm just very frustrated now. In, invest in local women's pro leagues. or, or... Invest in an in existing infrastructure. You don't have to create your own fucking brand. Exactly. Look at what the people on the ground have already been doing. It costs zero dollars to listen to women. Phil Neville. God, did you see that article from him? After She Believes? Where um, he was, he expressed like his surprise at the conditions for the England team, how they had to fly economy and stuff. And he's like, "It's not fair." And it's like, "Yeah, Phil, it's yeah. uh, it's like women have been saying this for for years now." And right, like you, it's like, "Oh, you you experienced it yourself, and now it's a big deal." Got it. Well, either he didn't believe it, or he wasn't aware of it, and neither situation is good for someone who just got appointed head coach of the England women's national team. You would think someone who is coaching in women's soccer should be aware of issues in women's soccer. Doesn't seem so. I love I love it when men... I don't know how to say what I wanted to say. What I want to say is, like, I love when men engage with the other side, but that sounds bad. You know, like, it's just not a good point. It's just more bitching about... Like, oh, great. Walk a mile in our shoes. Awesome. Cool. You realize that it sucks. Mm -hmm. You like it when men are finally experienced women's lived reality? Yes. Like, there you go. This is why you're a writer. I should have <laughs> sent you this thing last night that I was working oh. on. Damn it. I'll, I'll edit that for you. That'll be 20 bucks an hour. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it sucks that, that, that men have to actually experience it themselves in order to believe women it really does it 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 would be so much simpler if they women just said this is what happens to us and men were like oh well that's awful we should change that it's the it's our it's our shitty misogynistic world we're uh, you know we're working on it you and uh -huh. i we're, we're working on it we are we're trying we're trying through kindness and shoving shit down people's throats <laughs> I was going to say, me more through, like, yelling. Yeah, well, I'm trying through, like, reason and shoving shit down people's throats. Mm. That's my approach. We got a new season upon us. We have a new season of NWSL. Season six. Season s this is the sixth year of the league. Twice, twice as long as any previous American women's pro soccer league. This is fantastic and magical and I'm stoked and kind of pissed that it will be about a month till I actually see a match. Oh, this coming weekend, um, because we might be recording on Friday, but this episode will be coming out next week. So this coming weekend, we've got a bunch of opening weekend games. 
Um, that means return of score predictions. Yes. <laughs> Last year, I'm pretty sure I was the winner. You might have been. We kind of fell off toward the end. Yeah. And this year, I am committing to not falling off. Okay. Last year, at the very least, I predicted the top four for playoffs. So You did. You did. Oh, we should do that, too. Oh, okay, sure. Let's let's do score predictions, and then we'll give you our who we think is going to the playoffs. And bottom of the barrel. And bottom of the barrel. Boston Breakers. <laughs> you can do that now. Like, I have to joke about it, or else I'll cry. Stop it. You're fine. You stop. All right, so... Saturday, March 24th, opening weekend, first game of the season, North Carolina Courage, Portland Thorns. Who you got? Uh, well, so here's my problem is we're going to play another year of where in the world is Copenhagen? It's her ankle this time, not her back. Well, it's been her ankle or her foot or her back for like four seasons. Dude, I... Um, but but she's not being traded anywhere, so I'm kind of okay with it. I think North Carolina's gonna be wanting revenge um, from the final last year. Uh-huh. I think Portland. I've been watching them play uh, in the preseason tournament this year, uh-huh. and a little disconnected. I'm liking what I'm seeing. I just don't know if they're like quite there. Uh, but I still have faith, so I'm gonna say one to nothing, Portland. Ooh, yeah. Um, everybody's gonna work in their shit out, which could either make for a close game, or someone if someone works their shit out a little bit more than the other, that can make for a runaway score. Uh-huh. <sighs> I'm gonna call this one <laughs> one nothing for North Carolina. That's all right. That's all right. You're not staying with me when you come to visit in May anyway. I have plenty of offers, all right? I'm hot property in Portland. Oh, I know you are. I know you are. And that makes me feel zero, zero badness. <laughs> oh, attempts to make you jealous backfire. You're like, fine, go with these others. Like, I don't care. I'm done mm-hmm. with you. You just threw me out like trash. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. Um, Orlando <laughs> Pride, Utah Royals. I don't have feelings anymore. <laughs> I like that you're like, well, that didn't work. I don't care. I don't care that you don't care. You do care, and I do care, so stop it. You get to do this one first, Orlando Pride, home match. I think Orlando's going to have the edge here just because, you know, just because Utah, yes, they mostly kept their roster intact by importing FCKC, but they've got a new coach. She's having to adapt to them and vice versa. Orlando just has more continuity. They're going to be playing at home. You know, it sucks that Utah starts off away. I'm going to call this 2-1 for Orlando. Okay. I actually might be a Laura Harvey mm, not hater anymore. Uh, Okay. I do want to see her be successful, just not against Portland. Wow. Um, I... Do you really have faith that the Utah Royals have a better squad than Orlando Pride? So I am actually going to say two to one the other direction. Wow. Okay. I see how this is. Yep. Yep. 
Next match, though, Seattle Rain versus the Washington Spirit. Yeah, Seattle at home. What you got? Unfortunately, uh, sorry, Spirit. I I don't think the Spirit are going to be very good this year. Mm, Okay. I'm going to say three to one, Seattle. I'm going to say two nothing for Seattle because I disagree with you. The Spirit are going to be bad this year. I think... Roosevelt gets healthy. They have so much talent. Like they just really brought on so many young, talented kids for this roster that, at worst, they're going to be mediocre. But at the same time, Lavelle's not healthy now. It's the beginning of the season, starting off away. Seattle's adjusting to black code. That's true, but I think Seattle's going to have the edge for this one. All right. Two to nothing. Mm-hmm. So now we move on to Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday in Houston, <laughs> Texas. Houston, Chicago to start the season. I love this. I love Right? It. Like drama, drama, drama. Do you think Christian will be there? RuPaul's NWSL Drag Race. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I hope do you, Christian Press. Do you think she would be like in a box seat? <laughs> At BBVA? Yes. I don't think she's going to be within a 100-mile radius of Houston. Oh, my God. But... What if she was? But what if she was? I would lose my shit. It would be so good. That would just be such a dagger, like it, like just twisting it for the Houston fans. Uh, you know, like she's here, uh. but just chilling at BBVA, not on the field. Houston, Chicago. Houston at home. Houston has lost Carly and not gained Kristen. Chicago has gained Sam Kerr. I'm gonna say two zero to Chicago. Oh, this is this is our top our matching one. Oh, I'm saying feel zero good. to two as well. Well, oh god, another season of not feeling good when you and I agree. Mm. Hey, you know what? That's that's recipe for upset right there. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome, Houston. You're welcome. Good Houston. start to the season for you, man. Enjoy that frozen Woody. <laughs> and uh, all these games except for. Courage Thorns are going to be on Go90, which hopefully has its shit sorted out this season. Dude, they've been doing pretty good with all the other crap I watch on that app, so hopefully they don't shit the bed when it comes to women's soccer. I know, they had all last season to to figure it out, and I think they did have it mostly figured out by the end of the season. By so, the end of the season? Yeah. The season was fucking 24 weeks long. Dude. They'd better start off right again because they, if they fuck up again, then honestly, if they fuck up badly enough again, I'm pretty sure that means, like, wouldn't you put it in your contract that, like, Go90 would owe you money in that case? Yeah, but, but you would need administrators to be overseeing a contract. <laughs> and last I saw NWSL was kind of light on administrators at least able to focus on the task at hand Mm -hmm. all right well that that's our score prediction so we've got nine teams four of them are going to playoffs who you got is your top four we're predicting this after barely a handful of preseason games oh god top four top four I totally didn't even realize that we were doing this and it was my idea Okay. Uh, I'm of course gonna say Portland, uh-huh. and I'm gonna say uh, Utah. Okay. And I'm gonna say Chicago, and my last one will be fucking North Carolina. Fucking North Carolina. Okay. Who you got? So, 
I think Portland and North Carolina are both in. Pretty good chance. And that means the other two are kind of more wild cards. I'm going to say Utah is in. And... Do you think Car- Carly Lloyd's just going to have this motivational force around Sky Blue and just carry them? I'm going to say Utah and Chicago. So Portland, North Carolina, Utah, Chicago. Did we agree again on top four? We absolutely agree well, on the top four. Guaranteed to be wrong then. So all, <laughs> just, anybody out just there. Just a different order. <laughs> if you're actually betting on women's soccer, we just gave you a big tip. <laughs> Do not pick these four teams. Well, I think Portland, North Carolina, that's kind of a gimme unless something catastrophic happens, knock on wood. Right, um, right. It's, it's those bottom two that that are going to be like, all right, you got to keep an eye on that. Well, my bottom two were Chicago and North Carolina. So... You know, bottoms can surprise you. you, you... I, I am surprised all the time. <laughs> Who do you think the bottom of the barrel is not washington not washington i'm very adamant on that i think houston might be pretty bad this year i think it's going to be between houston and sky blue at the bottom oh i'll say houston at the bottom i'm saying washington i really don't think it's going to be washington dude they have too much talent i think who's their coach jim gabara yes but i i think even jim gabara with this roster he can at least like stumble towards mediocrity Okay. No, I'm like, I'm locked in. I wrote it in pen. I wrote it in pen. I'm locked in. Nobody uses pens these days. All right, Dad. Hey, I'm going to take a photo and I'm going to send you our predictions, our top four, and our bottom Look, of the barrel. Washington has Ashley Hatch. They have um, Rebecca Quinn, Andy Sullivan. They traded for Taylor Smith. Maggie Doherty Howard's probably going to have a good You don't have to sell me. I'm totally committed to Mal Pugh, Ordega, Rose Lavelle, if she gets healthy. If if Jim Gabara fails with this roster, I think it's going to be inexcusable for Washington not to fire him after this season. I'm just saying what took so long. (laughs) Wow. So mean. I've had a cider, and I'm going to go get my hair cut soon. So I'm a little sassy. All right. The sassiness increases with your hair length, like the strength. It does. It does. I get annoyed when my hair uh, at the back bottom of my head gets long enough for me to like play with. Like so, you're like Samson, yeah. except it's sass, 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 not, not Samson, sassy. Stop I tried. It. Stop it. <laughs> All right. Well, we're back and we're, you know, going to be on a more regular schedule. Um, we are planning to drop an episode every Thursday before uh, there's a weekend of NWSL games. And by weeks, yes. we'll be taking um, some time off. So, you know, during the FIFA window, we'll have our own little break as well. But, you know, we're back. Um, sorry for the long And we're absence. committed yeah. to doing the whole season this year. The whole season. And um, the final. And the, well, of course do, we're going to do the final. Do we, do we want to guess where the final is going to be? Oh, uh, not Orlando. Yeah, I would say not Orlando. <laughs> uh, Are we doing this process of elimination? I then say not uh, not New Jersey. I think it would be cool, maybe Chicago, Toyota Park. Uh, I'm going to say not Houston. Just, just, you have to pick one. Not Memorial. Not Jordan Field in Boston. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Dude, it's it's been a rough day, all right? Boston Breakers gear went up in the liquidation section of the end sell shop, so. <laughs> Why are you even looking? Because I wanted a cheap Boston Breakers jersey. This is the last chance for me to buy a Boston Breakers shirt. I have to oh, make God. these last for the rest of my life now. Oh, God. <sighs> where, do you, where do you think it's going to be? Chicago? I think that would be a cool spot. I think you and I and everybody else would take a strong guess at Salt Lake because brand new team, MLS stadium, good boost. We'll see. Thanks for tuning in again after such a long hiatus from us. But once again, it was our off season two. And maybe one of us had to get our shit together emotionally. Like, Hey, you know what? We all need time. And it's okay to ask for time. I, I'm always in the process of getting my shit together emotionally, though. So that I can't really... I can't really use that as an excuse anymore. 